You can hear Above 180 on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond, on demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us for part two of his interview is Matt McNeil. Matt is a USBC certified coach. Matt's on staff with 900 Global slash AMF. He is also out at the USBC Open uh, handling the showcase lane responsibilities. So you're looking to set up a lesson out there, maybe bowl on the uh, USBC Open patterns. Matt's a guy who's going to be there helping you if you pay for that extra fee. Uh, it's $100 if you just want to go and throw on the lanes for an hour. It's an extra $100 to have Matt look over your equipment. Uh, I'd say it's very well worth it. So let's get r- right into our second in- uh, second part of this interview with Matt. And Joe starts us off with a question. I have a question for you if we can switch gears a little bit from the physical aspect aspects of the game and equipment to what makes Matt McNeil special to be able to dominate these tournaments over the years, the last few years. I mean, 2000, most bowlers are happy with, trust me, yet you're you're shooting 2200 and that's not just physical. I mean, that definitely takes a strong mental game uh, to handle the pressures and expectations that other people put upon you as well as I'm sure what you put on yourself. Can you kind of share with us how you accomplish these, these strong achievements that none of us even dream about? Well, uh, thank you very much. It's very uh, extremely flattering, Joe. Um, but really the biggest, I mean, I, I kid you not, it, it sounds cliche. Um, the biggest thing is, is one shot at a time and being patient and not trying to press, not trying to press the pins down, not trying to press on the shots, being patient and letting things happen. And really the biggest thing, how I learned that in my own experiences was going out to the high roller, bowling the mega bucks, um, bowling, you know, the boot hill, um, bowling these elite level amateur scratch tournaments where, you know, you're bowling lawn format grinders where you have to be patient. I mean, if you, so what you don't have, you don't have a double and it's the sixth frame. You can still shoot two thirty. You put together four or five good shots, and they carry. Now you got two thirty, and that's okay. Yeah, that's a sizable number, especially on a grinding pattern. So, the biggest secret mentally for me is is literally taking it one shot at a time, being very patient, staying uh, staying in the moment, not letting the mind wander to think about the pressure, the bracket money, the the side pot money, the eagles, uh, the banners. the, the camp, if the camera guy's behind you, not thinking about that. Um, a lot of guys 
mentally just aren't that strong. And, you know, I mean, you know, they call it the black cloud camera when you know, they see Aaron Smith and Matt Canizero come down and they lock up and bad things start starts happening to them. And it just takes a mental thought. Um, I read an article in a sports psychology uh, uh, book and uh, there's a guy who was, who was captured during the Vietnam War and he was a prisoner of war. And he was he was kept in this little little tin shack, solitary confinement, and he played golf before he went to war. And every single day in his mind, he played 36 holes of golf. And when he came back, he finally got out. He came back. The guy went from like a 13 handicap to a six handicap because he played 36 holes of golf in his head every single day. And mental rehearsal, I feel, in our sport is one of the biggest. Uh, things that can really help you overcome a lot of the mind wandering that happens out there. And uh, before I go out and bowl my team event, I literally um, mentally rehearse every single shot that I'm going to throw. And, you know, I smell the smell of the stadium and I feel the, the, cool, the cooler air and I, I envision coming down the center aisle and the music and the national anthem and the practice and, and just everything. Just the feel of the ball leaving your hand, you know, uh, getting a drink of water. I mean, just going through every single little tidbit that you can to mentally prepare yourself. So when it happens, you're like, oh, I've been through this before. It's okay. You know, take a deep breath and, and you keep that heart rate down. You keep the adrenaline from overtaking you. You keep your mind focused. Stay relaxed. All those positive things just regulated through that mental rehearsal. And, that, and that's really a, another big part to my success. So are, are these elements in your game that you acquired on your own, or did you have a mentor to help you reach this level of maturity, in my opinion, uh, with our game? Because it's a never-ending learning process. I mean, I'm 59, and I still learn things about the game I didn't know. Unfortunately, physically, I can't perform as well as I once did. Um, so did you have someone helping you learn these elements? Well, a lot of it was um, was just bowling, bowling the Masters, bowling the U.S. Open, and watching watching the professionals do it. I mean, if you, you go through, you, you bowl one of I mean, I challenge anybody to go out and bowl a PBA tournament. If you ever think for a second that you're a good bowler, please, I encourage you, go out and bowl a regional or go out and bowl uh, the Masters, the U.S. Open, or, or you know, try to get your card, try to compete with those guys, you'll see how mentally solid they are and, and just, just how nothing really rattles. Okay? I mean, just every single shot is 100% commitment. It's a brand-new frame, every frame. And, and that's really what got me to thinking that there's got to be more, more to it than I'm seeing. And that's when I started... I uh, started researching them a little more and really started practicing it more um, in, in my own game. And that's when more success came along. It's really when, when I started implementing the same types of things that I was seeing the professionals do. You know, and if you want to be the best, you got to be like the best. So that's really what did it for me. Um, but as far as if someone... You know, being a mental coach, I won't say I really had much. Um, John East, who's on my team, is is a very good example of of probably the most solid mental player you'll ever see. Um, you know, he's he's cool as a cucumber 
all the time. So, you know, he was a good inspiration for me, too, growing up. So I was uh, I was a little hot-handed in my youth, but I, I think everybody was at one point or, or another. Well, Matt, and, and I know there's always, you know, a lot of folks are always uh, – complaining and you hear people grousing about having to come out to the stadium but like you said uh, a lot of that mental aspect at the stadium there you should be used to it and you should be getting more accustomed to it so people really if your goal is to bowl it should be at reno is the place to bowl because you've been there before it, you shouldn't you know you're always going to have a couple butterflies here and there and the, but the nerves really you know a lot of the unknowns are gone so it really should help a lot of bowlers focus on like what you're saying and and the mental aspect of things so uh, I think those are all very good keys, and, and I know that's you know the one thing I believe it was Jerry Edwards we were, sp- were talking to, and she said just a lot of the same things you did, and even how mentally when you prepare yourself, you know, you're bowling these tournaments and under different conditions, you need to go out and throw more games and practice more games because bowling six games at the stadium where you have to keep your mind totally focused on, on your mark and your target is more taxing and takes more out of a guy than bowling three nights a league when you can spray it you know over three different arrows and still hit the pocket so there's a different mentality and a different mental state you need to be in to to bowl successful at the usbc open yeah i couldn't agree more i mean you know you know take i'll take my week at the masters i mean i bowled uh anywhere probably about 27 you know 27 almost maybe 30 games and by the end of the week, I felt like I'd been tied behind a train and dropped from, you know, the East Coast to the West Coast. Um, you know, it is very, very taxing to stay that mentally focused for that long. And, you know, I mean, in 2010, I, you know, I, I kind of collapsed in my teammates a little bit because you just, you just kind of let it all go and, and your body doesn't know what to do. And then in 2012, you know, my Todd Savoy, who's a Hall of Famer, came over and gave me a hug and for some, I don't even know why I did it, but I just broke down and I was, I was crying. I mean, it's like somebody just killed my dog or something. I mean, I was, I was just crying because you go through such a mental roller coaster and it's so stressful and it's so taxing that once it's finally over, it's, there's just, it's all those emotions that you've repressed just kind of come to the surface. And, and and that's where you know really being mentally sharp, tournament sharp, um, and practicing. And I challenge people when you practice, put pressure on yourself mentally. Pretend it's for a thousand dollars, or pretend it's for a tournament win. Try to get your heart rate up even mentally, and throw shots under pressure in practice. Create that environment in practice. So when you go out and you really feel it, you're used to it. It's not that. You know, you're not going to feel it and you're, you know, it's just not going to be there. It will be there, but this time you're a lot better prepared for it. So I, I guess a final question for you, Matt, as we wrap up, and this has been an excellent interview, is with Lodge Lane shooting that, you know, big number, 35-38, setting a record. Um, one of the things that has people questioning now is, is that number going to stand up? I mean, are there going to be teams – that come out there. You still got the uh, InsideBowling.com, the formerly uh, Turbo Two and One Grips team with Jeff Riggles coming out there, and you still got a lot of solid teams. Uh, that's just naming one team. You know, there's yourself. You know, your team. You still got a lot of solid teams coming out there to bowl. Uh, is is that a number that can can be hit by other teams? Because uh, uh, you know, you saw it, you, you know people saw it right here. And uh, what are your thoughts? Is that number going to hold? And then also. Um, what's a good all events number? I mean, I know back when in 2010, you know, when you won it, you had uh, 23 
26. Is that where it's going to be around this year, in your opinion, as well? Well, looking at Lodge Lanes, I mean, they've shot the highest team score in the history of this tournament, 110 years. So out of all the hundreds of thousands of teams that have ever bowled this tournament, they have now shot the highest team score. And mentally, I think you just shut out probably 92, 93% of the field because that I don't think a lot of teams are mentally strong enough to be able to overcome that. You know, we have to, I mean, you, you look at it, it's like you got to you gotta average 11.75 a game. And that's a very daunting task for people who are, I, I would say, inexperienced or not mentally strong enough to be able to handle that. Um, do I think it's out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, they had 3,600 and change that I watched them give away in open frame. So the score is out there on the team pattern. Trust me, it is. The team pattern is soft. The, uh, the score is very attainable. Whether you can get five guys to stay strong enough and disciplined enough through that three games and overtake that number, because now it's not you're beating, you're beating a 20-year record. Now it's just while well, you're beating the other feet and moving into first. And so I, I think the, the, the pressure level is different there. And it's almost, it's almost like I feel there's more pressure now for a guy, for a team, to go out and shoot 33, 30, or uh, 35, 39 or above than there was for a team to shoot 35, 38 because nobody expected. Yeah, I mean, the record had been up there for 20 years. I mean, it was just like, it was like out of the blue. It was just like, when I came along in 2010, shot 22-26, I didn't expect it. Nobody expected it. But now that people are thinking about it, they're thinking about how daunting the task it is. You know, I mean, how much, oh, wow, you know, now we got two 3,500s being shot in the same year. Oh, my gosh, that's unheard of. All this mental stuff starts buzzing around it. So I think the score is out there, yes. Do I think Lodge Lanes has a very good chance of winning? Yes, I do. I don't know if we're going to see another 3,500 um, this year just because I think a lot of the teams will be mentally kind of shut out. Almost to the fact, I mean, even if you have a slower start, 1130, oh, geez, well, now we got to have at least 1230 one of the next couple of games. You know, and, and you say that to five guys, and that's a lot of risk. So... Um, so I, I think they have a very good chance to win, and it couldn't happen to a nicer group of guys. But on the other side of the coin, the score is definitely out there. It is certainly out there if you play them right, work together, break them down, and everybody executes. Um, for singles all events, I'm going to predict 2240 to 2250. I think there's definitely a good, healthy 22 out there. It's going to come. The deciding factor is going to be. Who can figure out the doubles and singles pattern? And if you can get six guys to work together then and, and play them correctly with the right equipment, of course, then your odds of getting to that 2,200 is greatly increasing. And I think if you can get to 20, even a mid-2,200, I think, like I said, with Lodge Lane, mentally you'll beat the rest of the field for the rest of the tournament. And I think, I think you'll be pretty safe there. Hey, Matt, uh, this is Joe again. Uh, my final question for you is kind of a two-parter, and the first part of the question 
can basically all I need from you is a yes or a no. Uh, first part: Will you be the only lefty on your pair in minors? No. Okay. Then that kind of modifies my second question. I'm sure you've given thought to the fact you're going to bowl six games on a pair now instead of three. Uh, your transitions will be different from years past. There's no question about that. Not because of the surface or or the oil pattern, just the fact. There's going to be a lot of games thrown in that same area, double the amount you've normally seen. Does this come into play with equipment choices or how many balls you may bring out there for the minor events due to the fact you may create quite a hole in the pattern since you are pretty accurate and you do play a pretty consistent line to the pocket? Oh, yeah, it certainly will. Um, the, the, the equipment that I bring for minors is going to differ um, certainly from what I use in team, not by a ton, but just in far as far as I'll be using some layouts that give me a little more length that won't slow down as soon. And those layouts will come uh, hopefully uh, I'll be bowling with Chuck Bashaw um, on the left side there as well. And he's very straight, a little left of me. And so, I mean, basically we're, we're just going to try to beat up the pattern outside creating and then hopefully we create a little push uh, to our right in that process. And then it'll be time to ball down, uh, less surface, uh, less aggressive stuff, stuff that will get through the front of the lane a little better, and then maybe give us a little more angle on the back end. So it, it certainly, you know, that whole aspect definitely, that's actually probably the scariest part for me because it's uncharted waters. I've, I've never, right. never really done that before here on this stage. I mean, you know, I've followed left-handers in tournaments, and it's no big deal. But, you know, now it's like, well, you, you get one shot and you're done for the year, so you, you better make it a good one. So that's, right. uh, and, that's and, the and part I'm, I'm really – go ahead. Well, the, the other question I had was, if, is Gary Green on your pair? And, I mean, he's got a pretty big hand. He may venture into your laydown area later in the day, No. Well, Gary will not be on my pair as, as it sits right now. Uh, on my pair, it's going to be me, Chuck, Sam Lanto, Johnny, Todd Savoy. Is there one, two, Sam, John, Todd, and then Luke Folklander. So we're going to have the our top five team, which will be you know me, Luke Folklander, Sam Lanto, Todd Savoy, Johnny, and then we're adding Chuck Michelle. So the rest of the players will be on on the other pairs and. You know, Todd, Sam, John, and Luke are all, you know, straighter players, and then we're going to have me and Chuck. So I don't feel that they will be even anywhere close um, to uh, to our laydown points. Right. So so that was by design to try and reduce traffic, possibly to, to affect anybody on the pair? Well, yeah, and, and that's really by design for the team all events feature because we want we got our five guys and we want those five guys on the same pair to work together um, for team all events. All right, well, so man, I want to I want to be one of the first to wish you luck in this year's tournament because I, I know it's going to be one of your greater challenges that you faced in nationals. And my prediction, I'm going to go out on the limb here and say twenty two eighty eight. And I wouldn't mind it being you, Matt. Uh, you're a, a nice young man and very educated and well-spoken. And uh, 
Uh, you and I are going to have to converse a little bit in the future here via Facebook and the like and uh, share some of our thoughts o- over the years. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and that's really flattering. And I, uh, I look forward to staying in touch with you. And, um, you know, once, just once again, I just want to pass along my condolences to you and your family as well. I, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. For Tim Berg, Matt McNeil, Joe Sarar, good luck and good bowling.